We're certainly honored to have you today. We're continuing our study about these fascinating creatures that the Bible calls angels. Uh, they're spirit creatures. They're spirit creatures in the spirit world, but they're real. They have real bodies. The Bible talks about them wearing clothes, and in the Bible you see them eating. They can cook. They drive chariots. They ride horses. They fight. do all kind of uh, um, fascinating, fantastic things. They can become visible and invisible at will. They travel at incredible speed, and they speak a multitude of languages. In fact, you never find an angel in the Bible talking to somebody through a translator. Um, Paul says, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels. That is, they know every conceivable possible language. Angels, as we've seen in our study, are mainly charged with the well-being of the nation Israel. You and I today, as members of the body of Christ, do not need angelic ministry. We have God's Word and God's Spirit. And we, as we concluded our study last time, we were, we were talking about, and I, I want to just review a little bit of that today with you, we were talking about the fact that, that we don't need the ministry of angels as Israel did in time past. Do you remember Daniel uh, of, of the lion's den fame and the angel that came and, and uh, shut the mouth of the lion so that it, it uh, uh, preserved Daniel? Um, well, the uh, Daniel six twenty two. My God, Daniel says, "My God has uh, sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth uh, that they should not hurt me." But one of the thing, something else that angels did for for Daniel in Daniel chapter nine. Daniel nine says, "He said, I, I, I was I was praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God." And while I was speaking in the in prayer, Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. And Gabriel comes to Daniel to give him some wisdom, some understanding that God wanted him to have. There was some information God wanted Daniel to have about the future of the nation Israel. So he sends an angel. Now, do you need an angel to be sent to you today to give you knowledge that God wants you to have, to tell you what God wants you to know today? Is that how God communicates information with us today? Is that what we need? Well, in Romans chapter number 8, verse number 26 and number 27, uh, the Apostle Paul writes to members of the church, the body of Christ, God, through Paul, writes to you and me today as members of the church, the body of Christ, as saints today in the dispensation of grace. Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Now, we've got the same problem that Daniel had. We have a problem in common with Daniel. We don't understand. We don't know what we need to pray for as we are. We don't have some understanding. Well, what does he do? Does he send his an angel to us? Well, finish the verse. We know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself, that is God the Holy Spirit, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, 
because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You see, God doesn't need to send us an angel to communicate his will to us. We have someone far better than that. We have the Holy Spirit. And how does the Holy Spirit communicate with you and me today? Why, Paul says, the words which we speak, we speak uh, not the words of men, but the words which the Holy Spirit speaks. And where does he speak? In his word. The Lord Jesus Christ said about the Bible, Have you not read that which is spoken unto you by God? That's what God's Word is. And now you and I, we can go to the Word of God, to the, in fact, to the written Word of God. Through His Word, through the written Word of God, written by the Spirit of God Himself. Through His Word, the Holy Spirit, who's the teacher of the Word as well as the author of the Word, he, He's the one who helps in my prayers. He's the one who brings understanding into my life. He gives me wisdom through His Word, and helps me me pray with understanding through the Word of God. And I don't need an angel to come and communicate to me. I don't need an angel to stand at the foot of my bed and say, God has called thee to whatever. I don't need that. I have the Word of God to do that. And by the way, if you hear someone tell you that an angel appeared to them and so forth, you need to be very careful because those kind of apparitions are not from God. Now, I wouldn't say that didn't happen, that this person didn't see something. Many times it's just the figment of imagination. Many times it's the pressure of religious situations where they think someone has seen something and they want to do it too. But then there are times when people see things. I, I um, many years ago, as a young pastor, uh, had a man in our assembly who, who had been uh, sick and had had surgery. He's a dear saint, you know, and a wonderful man of God. And I went to visit him in the hospital. And when I went in his room, he says, Come in, Rick, come in, come in, come in, quick, and close the door to the closet. And I said, Well, what's the matter, Brother Estes? And he said, The devil's in there. I saw him stick his head out the window, out the door, shut him in. And he wasn't content until I went over and shut the door into the, to the bathroom of his room because he had seen the devil stick his head out. Now, you and I both know what that was. That wasn't the devil, but you could never have convinced that dear brother that he didn't see something, and I suspect he did. But what he saw was a hallucination caused by the medication and the drugs that were given him because of the surgery that he had had and uh, the mind-altering kind of things that had happened. So my point to you is that in God's Word, which is where you have to go, to get something that isn't altered and isn't a a, a um, apparition, and it's not something that, that needs to be questioned as to whether it happens or not. In God's Word, for you and me today in the dispensation of grace, God doesn't send us angels to communicate information to us. He already has communicated it through, a, through His Spirit, and we have the presence of the person of God, the Holy Spirit, residing within us as believers, who is the teacher of His Word, and it is through His written Word that wisdom is communicated by His Spirit to us. We have something far better than an angel, something far better than Israel in time past had. In fact, uh, you remember that uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse number 18, and I, and I go back over this verse because it's, it's real important to understand what this verse says. We're, in, in, in future studies, we're going to look at it in, in, in some detail. 
But Colossians 2.18, Paul says, Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. In other words, you don't see angels today. Even when people say they have and are worshiping angels and and whatnot in a voluntary humility. Isn't it interesting that humility in the Bible is a good thing, but this one is a bad thing because religion puts a false humility in people and it causes them to worship things that aren't true. And these are not messengers from God here. To uh, they, they, they're messengers that come to promote a counterfeit, counterfeit, and it isn't true. And so you have to be very careful about that today. Instead of looking for an angel to appear to you, get in God's Word and get the wisdom God has already given you in His Word. In Israel's program, um, you remember that uh, the, the story Christ told in Luke 16 about the rich man and Lazarus, and Lazarus died and the, was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. In other words, when Lazarus died, the angels came and transported him into paradise. But for you and me today, it's nothing like that. When a saint dies today, the Bible says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. To depart and be with Christ is far better. You don't need an angel to take you into the presence of God or into paradise today. We, are, we have God the Holy Spirit. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. We've got something far better than Israel had. We have the person of the Holy Spirit who possesses us, who encapsulizes us, and he takes us immediately into the presence of Jesus Christ. You see, angels do not minister to saints today. But rather, we don't need them. We have the Word of God to tell me what His will is, the Holy Spirit to help me, to uh, give me empowerment through the Word. That's something far better. What angels did for Israel, bring them God's Word, give them a message, and help them and protect them. Today we have the Word of God written down to tell us God's will, and we have the Holy Spirit, a far better protector and enabler. On the other hand, now I'm going to change the directions now. Although we don't need angels to minister to us, they need us to minister to them. You see, there's literally been a role reversal in the dispensation of grace. Um, to get a hold of this, get 1 Peter chapter 1 in one hand and Ephesians chapter number 3. And l- listen to these passages. 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter talks about uh, the salvation that was prophesied to come unto the nation Israel. And he says, uh, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto them, unto you, searching what and what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did testify, when it uh, did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto them it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister these things, which are now reported among you by them which uh, have preached the gospel unto you, sent down from heaven. Now listen, which things the angels desire to look into? There are some things about the prophetic program that angels desired to look into. 
Obviously, angels are not omniscient. They don't know everything. They gain knowledge progressively as God reveals it. And they didn't understand what the sufferings of Christ that were prophesied referred to. Therefore, they, they, were, they uh, were, were curious as to what and as to when, as to the meaning of the, of the sufferings of Christ and as to the timing between the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should come. And these are things, 1 Peter 1.12 says, that the angels desire to look into. Angels are curious creatures. They desire to know what God is doing. They desire to know His will and His, His plan and His purpose. They are not omniscient. They can only know what God tells them. Jesus told his disciples that, uh, that the day and the hour of the Son of Man's return, no man knows, not, not even the angels of heaven. They have to wait until God reveals it. And there were things about the cross work of Christ, about the sufferings of Christ, and about the glory of his kingdom as to what exactly does the sufferings, what does that mean, and how does it relate to the glory, and when will it take place that they didn't understand and wanted to know about. Now, come with me to Ephesians chapter 3. I, I want you to understand, there's this saga of these curious angels looking, trying to figure out some things that God's doing. Now, Ephesians 3 verse 9, Paul says, His desire is to make, well, begin with Ephesians 3, 8, Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, underline that issue about preaching the unsearchable riches of Christ. There is a message, there are some riches of Christ that are unsearchable. Romans, uh, John, I'm sorry, John chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus tells the religious leaders of Israel, Search the Scripture, for they are they that testify of me. In other words, there are things in the Bible about the Lord Jesus Christ that can be searched out. In fact, Jesus Christ is the theme of all of the Word of God. Every book in your Bible uh, has something to say uh, about the person and the office of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can go through every chapter of the Bible and find things that, that, that you can find Christ on every page. Search the Scripture, Jesus said. They are they that testify of me. Moses wrote of me, John 5, the Lord Jesus Christ said. But Paul is talking about some riches of Christ that are unsearchable, that you can't search the scripture and find in other words in the prophetic program and in, in what was there before the apostle paul came on the scene there was plenty of information about christ but there was some information that wasn't there that you couldn't go search out until paul writes it down that's why he calls this thing the mystery which in which in other ages was not made known it was a secret hid in God, verse 9, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world have been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. That secret purpose that God had has now been revealed. And Paul says, I want everybody to see it. I want everybody to understand this hidden wisdom. Why? Verse 10, to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places, that's the angelic creatures, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. In other words, Paul's desire is for this information, this secret purpose to be preached and made known so that even the angelic creatures might see 
and learn and grasp the wisdom of God. Now, they're going to learn some things by watching the church, the body of Christ. You see, rather than us ministering, uh, them ministering to us, rather, and us needing them to reveal God's purpose or to protect us, they need us to reveal to them God's purpose and plan. Now, there's a reason for that. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and, and Ezekiel chapter number 28. In Ezekiel chapter number 28, verse 1 to 3, you read a passage that describes Satan in his original creation, Lucifer, and the things that were said about him. Verse 3 of, of Ezekiel 28, we learn about uh, Lucifer, that he was wiser than Daniel, and listen, there is no secret that they can hide from thee. Now, his boast, Lucifer's boast, was that there was no he was wiser than any creature. In fact, he finally boasted that he was wiser than God, and that there was no secret that could be kept from him. So God, to take the crafty in his own craftiness, kept a secret. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 7, Paul says, For we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God hath ordained before the world and our glory. You see that issue of the mystery. The secret is something God kept from the foundation of the world until he revealed it to Paul. The reason he kept it is because there's an angelic conflict. There is the, 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 the rebel, the, the, the adversary who says, I'm deserved to sit on the throne. I'm the wisest. So God just kept a secret. 1 Corinthians 2.8, which none of the princes of this world knew. Satan and all of his hosts couldn't figure it out. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. There was something that God was going to do through the cross work, through the sufferings of Christ, that he never revealed. The angels were curious. They looked into it. They, tried, they desired to understand it, but they couldn't figure out the secret. Now we know what the secret is. You know what it was? That he was blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, con that was contrary to us, it took it and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in the cross work. Colossians 2, 14 and 15. You see, by simply keeping a secret, God kept some information to himself. He planned it. He purposed it. He didn't tell anybody. He kept a realm of information secret that caused Satan to demonstrate his stupidity. He, he kept that information secret, and, and Satan wasn't wise enough to figure out the strategy of God and demonstrate, took himself in his own craftiness and did the very thing, crucified Christ, that winds up being his death knell and his defeat. Now, the wisdom of God is demonstrated in this secret, in the fact that he kept the secret, and the fact that in keeping the secret demonstrates who the superior wisdom is anyway. You see, Satan's conflict with God has never been who's the most powerful. Um, if you can step out on the 
balcony of nothing and create a universe with a word. Well, you're the big man on the block as far as power is concerned, but everybody knows that just because you're, you're the mightiest, you know, might doesn't make right. You can be the most powerful, the strongest, and still be a bully, not able to wisely uh, exercise that power. And Satan's contention has never been that he was more powerful than God Almighty. It is that he was better equipped to be the one who would exercise the power. The issue really has been the wisdom of God and the goodness of God expressed in that wisdom. And God at Calvary demonstrated. And angels knew nothing of these things. Angels in, 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 in this uh, in, in the room where you are, watching, you go to, in, 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 a, in a church meeting today, watching believers. Uh, they, they watch us in every part of our life because they don't understand what we know, what the simplest believer understands. And they're trying to comprehend the grace of God and the, the grace program that God has for us. Uh, they, they've fought and they've worked for Israel, and now they see folks that don't need them. We have no need of them. You see, we have an impact, and, and, and we have an important ministry in our daily life that impacts into the heavenly places because day by day those angels watch us, and they're instructed in the wisdom of God by us. And in the future... The ages to come, Paul even says, we're going to rule over the angels. But right now, they don't. They're learning from us. You know, there's a there's a hymn, a song. Uh, we, we we used to sing down south. It says, "Holy is the holy, holy is what the angels sing," and I expect to help them make the courts of heaven ring. But when I sing redemption's story, they'll fold their wings, for angels never felt the joy that our salvation brings. It's a song that holy angels cannot sing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. It's a song that holy angels cannot sing. I once was lost, but now I'm found. And they learn about God's grace, and they learn about God's wisdom by watching us. You see, they, they need us. We don't need them. There's been this role reversal today where our ministry is to them rather than them ministering to us. So you don't, don't run around today trying to find a guardian angel to take care of you. <laughs> Understand you have God the Holy Spirit to do that. Don't run around trying to get an angel to communicate information to you that you don't have. Look into God's Word rightly divided and gain an understanding of it, and it will intelligize you to know. It will equip you to do everything and to know everything God has for you to do or know. No, understand that when you do that, when you understand God's Word and operate by faith on an, on an intelligent understanding of His Word, as you are thus empowered by God the Holy Spirit, that you are ministering to the angels. And maybe no one else would look at your life, but angels are watching. And as a child of God, you have a ministry to educate the curious angels in the wisdom of God working in your life. What a privilege to be a member of the Church of the Body of Christ and an ambassador for the Savior. Let me offer you a free Bible study tape today that will go on with this information about angels and what you need to know about them. They're fascinating creatures. And as I've said before, they're not all friendly. We're going to see the, some of that next time. 
uh, the question of angels. You know, there are a lot of many many questions are raised about them, and, and about our relationship to them. Only as you, you you understand the Word of God will you find the answers to questions you want to ask about angels. You can know for sure. You can know for certain what they're doing. Uh, how they relate to you, to your family, to your church, to your business, and how you ought to relate to them. This Bible study tape uh, is part of a larger series on angels, and it'll help you to begin to understand angels. What do angels do all day? Call me here, and we'll be glad to give you a free copy. Our toll-free number is 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. 2300. You simply call that number and and request the the, the tape, What Do Angels Do All Day? And that Bible study will be yours uh, with our compliments. Uh, 888-535-2300. And by the way, if you'd rather write me, you can write me here at The Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. If you're a web surfer, you can find us on the on the internet at at graceimpact.org, graceimpact.org. That's the website. We're trying to be easy to locate, get in touch with. You know, my friend, I say to you often, I I can't make you believe anything. I wouldn't want to do that, but I do want to put some information into your hands that can change your life. It's wonderful to know that believers have an impact in the angelic world. Isn't that that a fascinating thing? And that means that we need to have a a real knowledge of God's Word, and we need to have a real, genuine working of God's Word in our lives, because it's working effectually in you that believe. This Bible study about angels, what do angels do all day? It's for you. It's something you need to, uh, uh, to, to learn, to know about, and to appreciate. The toll-free number again to call, and simply this is the simplest way to, to, to get the Bible study, is simply call us 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. And when you call, ask, ask the folks that answer the phone about the, about the saints in your area who, who are putting this broadcast on this station each week. You ought to know that there are some believers in, in your area who meet week after week. They're meeting this weekend to study the Word of God rightly divided, where the, to proclaim the message of grace clearly and boldly, a place where the grace life is the issue. If you're enjoying and learning from the things you're hearing as we study week after week, you don't want to rob yourself of the opportunity to fellowship with, with, with saints uh, of like mind in your area. And you call us, and we'll be glad to put you in touch with the saints that meet in your area. 888-535-2300. That's the number to call. As always, it's a pleasure, it's a privilege, it's a joy uh, to have you with us as we as we fellowship today and, and each week uh, by way of this radio uh, station. And I want you to know that it, it, it's our privilege to, uh, to to have you meeting with us and for us to be here. Till we meet again this same time next week. Maranatha. More than a thousand chapters and 30,000 verses, but you can do it. Read the entire Bible with Bible in a Year. Totally interactive, totally free at BibleStudyTools.com. 
take the word with you wherever you go with our mobile app, thewordorlando.com. Alexa, tune in, iHeart, and radio.com. Faith comes by hearing the new AM 990 and FM 101.5. The Word. A bigger and stronger voice for God's Word is now here. 50,000 watts. The new AM 990 and FM 101.5. The Word. WTLN Orlando. W26ACT Orlando. Where faith comes by hearing. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast. Looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Now that is so exciting because that means not only wherever I go, He is with me. Watch this. He also is in me to give me the strength to do whatever He asks me to do. I like to say it this way. God's commandments come with God's enablements. Isn't that cool? That when God asks me to do something, and it's even better than that, He gives me more ability to do than what He asks me to do. It's like if I uh, struck a match over here, He didn't give me a squirt gun to put it out. If I strike a match here, He gave me a fire hose to put it out of power. So I can accomplish whatever God wants me to do, whether it's a a life of of separation unto Him or holiness or godliness or just flat out telling other people about Him. Whatever He's called me to do, God is with me. God is in me. And here gets to be the best part. It's not so much that He is forcing me to do this. It's He says, Stan, Stan, I want to do it in your place. So just let me do it. Now, that is so spooky that people outside the faith really don't understand that. Those inside the faith hardly understand it. But it's a truth, nevertheless, that God will give you the power to do what you need to do. Because God is with you. God is in you. And we're celebrating the birth of Christ, who is the Godhead in him bodily. And now. 